for us, it was about trying to expose the senior and executive management to what's possible. And we do have a consumer lending business today, um, but I would say it's, it's based off of how a bank would launch it. Um, it's very non-digital. Um, it's very belt and suspenders from a risk approach. Um, and it's, it's a very good business for us. Um, so part of what me helping grow that business, I was looking at showing what's possible. Like I said, part of our role is to enable innovation within the organization. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. That's Mark Butterfield, Senior Vice President of Innovation and Disruption at First National Bank of Omaha. I think Mark's the first person we've had on this podcast with disruption formally in his job title, but it does speak to his role at the $23 billion bank. FNBO recently launched a digital loan powered by Upstart, and Mark and I discussed the process through which his firm launched that product. We talk about early metrics behind the launch and what the bank plans to do with Upstart in the future. More broadly, Mark describes his role and the challenges and opportunities in traditional FIs to make positive change. Mark Butterfield is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we jump into the program, I wanted to introduce you to Outlier, Tearsheet's leading membership program. It's designed for top fintech and financial service professionals to stay on top daily of the biggest trends, the top companies, and the leaders of this next generation of finance. Find out more about it at tearsheet.co slash outlier. Uh, my name is Mark Butterfield. I am the Senior Vice President of the Innovation and Disruption Team here at FNBO. Is that actually the formal title? You have disruption in your title? I do. Um, we so talked cool. about as we've evolved uh, over the years, it's a, it's a newly created position about two years old. Um, and we decided to centralize a lot of this type of thinking. And it's kind of like advertising internally that we need to be thinking disruptively. So putting it in the title, I thought was kind of a, a great way to do that for the organization. Totally. And, and before we jump into, um, you know, I, I guess the media part of our conversation, can you give a little bit of background on yourself and sort of how you grew through, through the organization? Yeah, so I've been at the bank, uh, actually it was 18 years ago, uh, Thanksgiving week. So I've been at the bank a long time. Yeah, thanks. And I, I don't feel uh, like I've been here that long because I've, I've held four different, very different roles here at the bank. Um, we also have a card issuing business. So I started there managing product strategy. Um, then I moved into marketing, marketing acquisitions, new customer acquisition. And then um, for something completely different, I moved over and managed our credit risk organization for consumer credit and managed that for two years. Um, and then I moved back into product uh, strategy, product development, and uh, we helped create a, a consumer lending business from that, uh, more unsecured closed-end loans on that front. Um, and then I moved on to, or back, I would say, to product strategy, product development for credit card and our consumer lending group. And then the last two years I've been in this this role. So kind of bounced around a little bit, but uh, it's it's been great because that's that's who I am. I, I get bored after a few years um, and then I want to try something different. And I've, I found a niche in the bank to be able to do that and stay with the same company for so long. Interesting. And, and what would you say are sort of the top two or three like bullet points of your job spec right now today, given this role that you have? Yeah, I would say uh, it is to help the organization enable innovation within their groups. Um, it is to transform the culture to adopt more of a culture of innovation within the bank, and then also to identify disruptive threats to the banking business models. How do your peers um, approach you? Are you friend or foe? 
Uh, I feel like, well, the advantage I have of being here for so long is I've developed a lot of networks with a lot of people. So that trust factor really opens and keeps open a lot of doors within the organization. But uh, having disruption in the title, um, there is always this on edge of what are you trying to do to replace, you know, a whole way of doing things? And is that going to be, uh, create a lot of anxiety? So I do create anxiety, I think, when I uh, go to some meetings and talk about things. But at the same time, they know me and they know who I am. And I've been here a long time. So they know that I can be a trusted person to do that, um, which helps. But yeah, it does sometimes create anxiety within the organization when I'm trying to come in and say, we need to think about a whole new way of doing things. And that can just create a lot of uh, uncertainty. I can imagine like, but Mark, we've done it this way for 10 years. Um, right. <laughs> so, so can we, can you tell, I, I, again, I just, I want a little bit more before we jump into the meat of the conversation. Can you tell us a little bit more about the organization, the size, um, yeah. the assets, sort of like its reach as well? Yeah. Um, a couple of fun facts about the organization. We're the uh, largest privately held bank in the United States, um, a little over 165-year-old bank. And we're also the oldest bank west of the Mississippi River. Um, mm. So it's really interesting. Uh, our, our tagline is a great big small bank. Um, so we are a full-service bank. We offer all the consumer and commercial products you can probably imagine. Uh, there's about 5,000 employees um, a little over $20 billion in assets in terms of asset size for the bankers out there. Uh, and we have about 100 branches in a seven-state footprint, uh, all in the Midwest. Um, I'll get them wrong if I try to name the seven. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that, but you can go online and see who they are. Um, and then we also have a very large card issuing business. So that's what's kind of unique about our bank structure is that we're the, depending on what day you look at the standings, we're, we're roughly the 15th largest card issuer in the United States as well. And we have a really good uh, partnership business there where we issue credit cards primarily through partner brands. Interesting. And so, so let's talk about this new product they just launched in November. Um, it was a personal loan and, and you went out to partner for it. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, the process that led up to deciding to launch a, a digital personal loan? Yeah. Um, for us, it was about trying to expose the senior and executive management to what's possible. And we do have a consumer lending business today, um, but I would say it's, it's based off of how a bank would launch it. Um, it's very non-digital, um, it's very belt and suspenders from a risk approach, um, and it's, it's a very good business for us. Um, so part of what me helping grow that business, I was looking at showing what's possible. Like I said, part of our role is to enable innovation within the organization. We took uh, a few of the executives on basically a fintech excursion. And what we do with our team, we do this uh, once a year for sure, but sometimes it's twice a year depending on the topic. Um, but this was our very first one back in February of 18. And we said, let's curate some fintechs that we can have the executives talk to. And it's not really theater. It's actually getting into the meat and potatoes of what they do and, and how they could potentially help the bank solve problems or operate business in a different way. So Upstart was one of those companies that we met when we were um, on our West Coast version of that tour in uh, San Francisco. And the team really, it really resonated with them because like when we met them before that, because we curated them and we talked to them before we meet with the execs, just to make sure there aren't any um, completely unknown, you know, uh, uh, disasters, if you, so to speak, in terms of meeting with these people. But they were real. They were good people. They were solid, uh, solid organizations. So 
we wanted to expose them to these type of companies and Upstart was one of them. And when I met them, it was really clear to me that they were a future, more digital version of a consumer lending business, um, how they operated, um, what they were doing for their underwriting practices, um, how they were treating customers, their digital customer experiences was superior in a lot of ways. Um, so then when we met with the execs and the senior VPs, it had the same reaction. And so we said, we've got to partner with these folks. Um, they're also potentially going to be having another round of investing. Maybe we even invest in them. And so that, that just started creating a, a positive catalyst for change internally of, well, so then what do we need to do here? Do we partner with them? How do we learn how they do that? Or do we just have them do some of it? And we're still working through all those questions, but just getting to that point um, started with a team saying, how do we show internal folks what is possible and what is really real out there instead of just reading it or listening to it? And, um, and that was what the point of the excursion was. And I feel like the mission was accomplished from that standpoint. Interesting. And so are you running um, this initial launch with uh, Powered by Upstart, uh, I guess, like A-B testing alongside your existing consumer lending business? Pretty much, I would say. Uh, so what we did is we set out and uh, officially launched it in July of this year. We just finished the test in November, like you were mentioning. Um, and so it was a test that we wanted to get enough loans on books, so several thousand loans on books, so that to your point, we could compare it to how we built our business um, from a risk profile perspective. But also there were some check boxes that we wanted to make sure because unlike them directly, we're regulated uh, by the OCC, by the CFPB and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna make sure we're prudent in whatever we do, we wanna make sure we have enough loans on books so that we can put them through fair lending tests, that we can put them through price to risk appropriate tests, all those things that we do today. And so the, the idea was to do a pilot program with them, pause the program and then revisit it several months later when we could have the results that we could share with our regulators before we decide what to do next. And the sourcing of these, um, these new customers, these, from what I understand, this wasn't from your existing customer base, right? These were new customers? That is correct. So they, uh, how, how it worked is Upstart does all the marketing. Uh, they solicit the customers. The customers come to their website that they solicited. And based on a set of very basic risk criteria, like FICO, uh, for example, they get displayed a First National Bank offer. Um, if the customer accepts that offer, they, they're still going through Upstart's workflow, but they get approved and adjudicated decision by Upstart. Um, we only have basic credit criteria in there. So it's their underwriting, it's their alternative data, it's their machine learning model. And if they're approved and they accept the terms of those loans, then they become a First National Bank customer at that point. Great. And do you have some data to share with us, like how, how you know, how successful or, or at least what the metrics were, you know, surrounding this program for the first three? Yeah. Months? Yeah, I would say um, so for our current business, um, a full automation rate is essentially zero because our current business model is the customer calls in, um, they go through a 20 to 30 minute phone call with a loan specialist that's employed mm -hmm. by the bank. Um, you know, that determines the right product for them in terms of terms and, and, and loan amount and things like that. We process the loan. Uh, we help them pay off the creditors. And it's a really good process, but again, it's all manual um, in terms of that process. So their 
uh, stat is they want to get to full automation, meaning the customer comes into the site and they get fulfilled and dispersed alone. They want to get to nearly 100% of that. And with this process, they were at just under 80% mm -hmm. in terms of fully automated, fully digital. Um, the other interesting stat that they shared with us is there, and I'm going to get these numbers not exactly right, but their net promoter score for their existing product was um, fairly high. I think it was in the 70s, but ours was in the low 80s. So we were 10 to 15 points higher on net promoter score. And they feel like it's the power of, okay, there's a, there's a bank offering me this offer than, than just an online lender. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the power of the partnership there of um, we feel like we were appropriately pricing risk um, because we're a bank um, and they could research us and see who we are. We feel like that partly had something to do with it. But mm -hmm. the NPS for this pilot for them partnering with us was much higher than what they typically see. Interesting. And so those are, I mean, although your partners, like I assume they have different metrics that they measure success of the partnership. Like were those the same metrics you guys used internally to see whether this, this pilot worked? Yeah, I would say um, for us, it was more around what's to come, which mm -hmm. is the power of their machine learning model. And can it more accurately price to risk? Can it include more borrowers using the same risk appetite? And can it actually um, provide a better experience overall? And so for the digital experience perspective, the MPS would be the number one thing that I already mentioned. But the other items that we have yet to see, because you need at least six, maybe even 12 months on books to really see if it's powerful is Upstart as a whole claims that their machine learning model approves nearly 30% more borrowers without changing risk appetite versus mm -hmm. a traditional model. So that's the benchmark we're really looking at internally, which we don't know yet because we don't have enough data since we just, um, you know, the oldest loan is two months old or three months old. Um, but once we get enough information, we want to be able to see did that actually happen? What percent more did it include without changing our risk appetite? And that's going to be the exciting thing to see. Right. We've seen Upstart's data and, and have written about that. Um, I, I guess, does it also give you a bigger uh, footprint nationally uh, in terms of your, your consumer lending business? It does. It, it, it allows us to, to think about how we want to expand the business and, and um, who do we want to do it with? Because we do have, like I mentioned, a consumer lending business. It is national. We do have some partners today um, that we partner that business with. Uh, but nationally, it becomes more and more challenging through the traditional method of you send out a direct mail piece and they call in and you go through a 20 to 30 minute phone call. And we're always striving like a lot of banks for more efficiency. And if we can somehow leverage their partnership, they're powered by Upstart and attach it to the bank and our, our practices of how we actually acquire customers, that's what we are going to find really exciting nationally. So you're right. It's a way to digitally expand our reach. Um, and that's one of the things that we see as an opportunity with Upstart and the partnership there. Definitely. And before we move on to talking about your innovation program in general, um, do you have some metrics around, you mentioned that the average, you know, I guess cycle time, somebody calls in, it's a, it's a 30 minute process. What about when it's all digital through the Powered by Upstart relationship? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know if they've shared that metric, but I would say just based on going through it myself and, and seeing the process, it's probably five to eight minutes tops mm -hmm. uh, end to end. So um, it's, it's, it's tough because the, their experience is, is such that you can actually start and stop and, uh, 
And so you have some of that, but I think on average, you're talking about under eight minutes on average. Great. So, so if you don't mind, and if you don't mind in the, in the remaining time we have in our conversation, I'd love to shift gears and talk a little bit more about um, the, the innovation and disruption program that you guys have built. Can you talk about sort of the different components of that and how you guys think about, um, I guess, planning for the future? Yeah. Um, so I think our team, it, it's evolving. So like I said, it's a newly created role and a newly created team. Uh, two years ago in August is, is how when we formed the team. And so we started with the idea of we need to really uh, train the team uh, on the whole agile lead design concept, which is um, focus on the customer, what problems do they want to solve, and really come at different ways for how to solve them. But at the same time, the team needed time to explore and research technology trends um, and identify how to link those up with doing customer research and what, what problems do customers want to solve. So how we started the team was let's have a team, uh, a small group of people. Again, the total team size is uh, six people. So we have a small group of people that said, let's focus on the commercial side because we're a full service bank and look at problems to solve on that end. And let's have one or two people look at the consumer side. And then let's have one person focus primarily on FinTech engagement. Um, so we kind of created a head of FinTech, a head of FinTech engagement to do the things like the excursion I mentioned, but also to catalog and, um, and uh, categorize all the fintechs that we were getting in because when we created this team, it was everybody in the organization was like, have you heard of this company? Have you heard of that company? It's just an ocean, as you know, of information. So we started creating that uh, library is what we call it. So we had a team, a person managing fintech, and then we had a couple teams managing consumer and commercial. And now you flash forward two years later, um, we're kind of focusing now more on macro themes, which is things like um, how do we get better at automation and efficiency as a bank and what are some technologies to do that? And so there's a person looking at things around that. Then we have a, uh, an item around how do we actually get better at leveraging technology and customers that would want to use that? And that's blockchain. So we have a person primarily focused on blockchain. And then we have another uh, person focused on how to help the bank get better at and more innovative with tools around advice and guidance. Because again, going back to the customer feedback, what we found is they want a bank to be more helpful um, and more engaged and be able to be intelligent about providing services rather than reactive. Um, so we've got, we've kind of focused, I would say on these macro themes as we've evolved as a team. And it's been really exciting to kind of see from that perspective and what we're doing. But again, it all revolves around going back to how we started, which is, it was thinking like the customer and looking at the jobs that they do there and how do we actually attach that or connect the dots to the technologies and the solutions that are either already out there or things that we want to end up doing. And, and so it sounds like, you know, it's, it's primarily focused on part, a partnership model. Is there internal work and internal development um, and, and, and investment uh, that's associated also with the innovation program? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great segue. So how the team thinks about it, if you, uh, if you were to draw a Venn diagram, it's when we look at all these things, it's do we invest, do we partner, or do we build? Okay. And so we have, we have examples internally of, of all three of those. And, and while I can't share a lot of specifics around numbers, but I will say that since then, we've, we've, the bank has invested a significant amount of money just in the inv investment side of that diagram. 
um, into fintechs. And, and we've publicly said this, but Upstart is one of those investments. So we've, as we've learned and understand more, while we haven't built a separate VC arm, which is intentional for us, if it's strategic and opportunistic for us, we want to actually not only partner with them potentially, but invest in them as well. So we have, an, we have examples of investment for build. Um, I would say we're working on a couple things that we're co-developing with startups um, on the commercial banking side, which is really exciting. Uh, again, nothing public there, so I can't share with that, but it revolves around uh, blockchain and cash flow optimization. And those are two different things. And then on just the partner example, the public one so far is Upstart, um, as you've already covered, we, we already talked about. So we look at it in terms of that Venn diagram and say, what are the right combinations? And we take advantage of our size and our privately held status to be able to go to a small group of executives and say, this is the opportunity that we're looking at. What is the right mix for us? What do we want to do of, of, of those three things? And two years in, we have examples of, of all three of those, which is really exciting to see and see us get it's becoming more natural for us when I kind of look at it versus two years ago. And so what are some of your biggest challenges? Um, you mentioned a little bit in the beginning in, in terms of describing your job, um, this idea of being a friend and, and also sort of an instigator to, to, for change. Um, yes. What are some of your biggest challenges internally in terms of um, getting done what, what, what your objectives are? Yeah. And I, I would say, uh, I, I'm probably going to get this quote wrong, but uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And um, I believe that because internally, we have a lot of good people here. Um, and I would say our culture is strong. But trying to get people to change and think differently is really difficult. And, and I even catch myself doing that being here, you know, 18 years. Um, I feel like an old banker sometimes. And I even catch myself of, do we really want to do it that way? Like we've mm. been doing it this way. It's tried and true. Um, why would we do it this way? Why is that different and better than what we're doing today? And I always find myself uh, trying to be, I, I'm a blocker sometimes on my own worst enemy on some of those things when I talk with the team and really um, see it within the organization as well of, but this is my job. I do it this way. Why would I end up doing it that way? And it's what I found is it's a, it's not a one-time catalyst event. It's a series of things that you need to show people. Um, and for them, because like for me, it was several different times. You need to see it different mm -hmm. ways. And then all of a sudden, it kind of clicks with you. Um, a quote I like to use um, is from an old Ernest Hemingway novel. When one man asked another man how he went bankrupt, and he said two ways, first slowly, then quickly. Hmm. And it just resonates with me as far as everything happening in the banking industry of change is constantly happening and then it's going to feel really quick, but it actually was happening all along and you just weren't looking in the right places. So what we do is we try to help expose that within the organization and you never really know what that right way or right lens, like you mentioned, to look through it is mm -hmm. for people, for other people, but then all of a sudden it just starts clicking. And I would say the biggest challenge is constantly showing those different ways because then it doesn't feel like you're getting through sometimes internally when in fact you got to stay positive and you really are it's just for everybody it's a little different how many times does somebody need to see something before they actually get it um and, and so that's i would say the number one challenge is the culture and making sure people understand that this is a thing that needs to be welcomed and, and adapted to um or the whole big it's going to feel really quick then, just like I was saying in the quote, mm. it's going to feel really quick. And then all of a sudden everything's going to flip when in reality, it really didn't happen that quickly. It was just, it became mainstream 
seemingly quickly, but it was always out there. We just weren't looking at it. I got it. That's very insightful and, and sounds like the process is, is very human. Um, I have one last question. I guess it's tying it back to Upstart. We'll finish where we started. Um, so yeah. given what you just said about this kind of um, iterative process, particularly with, in terms of change within the organization, uh, so, so does that filter into choosing a partner? Um, you know, I, I would assume, I'm making an assumption here, that when you choose a partner like Upstart, um, that this is probably the beginning of a longer-term relationship, you know, that may include other products. Like, do, do you, is that part of your thinking? Is that part of the checkboxes? Like, is this a partner we can grow with, or is it very specific? No, you, you, you're right in your assumption. So um, we do talk to a lot of fintechs and a lot of companies and part of my role uh, is kind of being the great connector of dots, the great translator between companies we want to partner with and the internal folks that make those decisions. And so one thing about being here for so long, I have a pretty good idea of the culture and the type of people that we want to talk to. We call it Nebraska nice or Midwestern nice. And so however we talk to a lot of different companies, if we want to partner with them, there needs to be some type of a relationship culture fit. Um, and using Upstart an example, they spent a long time to get uh, their CFPB no action letter, um, their mission and their passion around better access to credit inclusion, better rates for customers is real. And when that team, that senior team at Upstart met with the senior team here, you could see a lot of synergies in terms of, oh, we see how you're trying to help customers. We're also trying to help customers. So let's ground ourselves in that great mission of providing great financial services for customers, and let's figure out a way to work together. And I believe that that, like you said, is a human element. It all comes back to uh, the human element of, do people get along? Do you have shared interests and goals? And if you do, we can, we can kind of go from there and, and, and see what happens. But that is a big factor in who we end up partnering with is, is this person genuine? Is this something they're passionate about? And then do we want to uh, spend time to continue working with them? Got it. And I, I lied. I have one last question. Um, and this is <laughs> okay. it's a short question, um, but it could be a long answer depending on how you answer it. I, I guess, you know, standing on one foot, looking out into 2020, we're right on the cusp right now. Um, like, what are your biggest priorities? Like, what are your goals? What are you, what are you focused on for the upcoming year? Yeah, I would say uh, as we continue to evolve, I really want to put more experimentation in practice. And I want to focus more on two to three to four year out technology and bring it back into the organization and say, how could this affect us further out? Uh, having being in the role the first two years has been great. We've been working on a lot of different things, but I would say it's, it's a little bit closer to um, existing problems to solve and existing technology. Mm -hmm. um, if, if for those out there listening, it's your H1 horizon one type items. And I want the team to look further out and push further into the H2 and H3 horizon. Uh, but again, that was intentional based on uh, what we were planning to do over the last couple of years. But I really want to continue to evolve and push that envelope and say, what's further out that we want to really look at and really understand? And how do we kind of challenge ourselves around how does that team experiment on those things? And, and what, what's the right combination of the best partner build that we want to do with those new things that we want to explore? Mark, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it.